pace with the latest Trots news. Welcome to Gatespeed. At 11 past 12, just before we go to Dan, we've got Ballarat Totes Race 4, the winner 3, Judy's Redeemer 221.40, 5, Moraine Chloe 3.50, 4, Alvarez Bale 1.30, and 4th aid Azia J. Quinella 13.10, the Xacta 17.70, Trifecta 58.60, the 4, 243.20, early quarter 8.323, running double 2 and $3.20.40. Tote Dibby's there, Race 4 at Ballarat. And after the oh, Ballarat, the Petstock Ballarat Pacing Cup. Uh, last Saturday night, I spoke to Merv Butterworth earlier on. He was delighted with the copy of that. And I know Dan Malecki was excited calling the race. It was a ripper race. G'day, Dan. Yeah, how are you, Sean? It was. It was fantastic yeah. race. Quality field and a quality winner. He just went to the front and he was there as the sitting duck if they wanted to take him on. But he, his last quarters, he they were quick. He, he's a good horse. Once he led, like he had to be uh, the Victorian copy that, that we saw last yeah. time not to win yeah. because the real copy that would win that race. And he did, did exactly what you'd expect him to do on what we've seen of him in New Zealand. But he had that poor lacklustre uh, campaign uh, in the middle of last year and, and for a lot of people uh, we remember those runs as if he was two different horses but the New Zealand copy that stood up. Blair Orange uh, early on in the race I thought he'd probably get to the front like mm. he's not a brilliant beginner but he began well and he pushed on he hustled his way mm. forward and, it, and it's when someone of that stature, a horse of that stature, wants to press onto the lead, you're going to be pretty brave and maybe stupid if you're going to try and hold it out. Um, have him uh, looking at you in the eye for the whole way. But in the end, he was able to get to the front. Blair's a great driver. You know, that was his first win in Victoria, extraordinarily. Really? He'd only ever driven at Horsham before in a, um, <laughs> an invitation driver series. He's won a Blacks of Fake up in Queensland, mm-hmm. so he's won a big race. But in Victoria, it was a major breakthrough. And you know what? He might even have a bigger win coming in a couple uh, of weeks. Yeah, February 4th. Now, interesting talking to Merv Butterworth earlier on. He mentioned, I said about the, the hairline fracture that um, the horse had had. And he said he spent five months basically in a box. So he said while people knock him for the Victorian form, he said they tend to forget that he was recuperating there for a long period of time. Oh, look, no doubt. And I think any a horse trainer of any code will say they'd much prefer a fracture of a bone than a soft tissue injury, mm. you know, because the bones will heal. Uh, the soft tissues sometimes are never quite the same. So uh, he, uh, well, he's won two New Zealand Cups now. Mm. Uh, he's clearly proven he's been the best horse in New Zealand. He's a fantastic stayer. And now Victoria's got to see the best of him. Uh, he's at the top of his game. Uh, we know where he's at. He's the rightful favourite for the Hunter Cup now. And look, he could win the Hunter Cup from any barrier draw. That was it. So I said to Merv, what do you reckon? You're declaring? He said, well, it was still the barrier. But you, you, you don't think it makes any difference? I Look, well, there's probably only two horses that I've seen at the moment that could win from any barrier draw. Uh, and they would be the horses that ran first and second mm. in the Ballarat Cup Saturday night in the winner. Um, copy that. And also Honolulu Bay, who came from last at the bell. It was a huge run. And mm. he was first up since running fourth in the Inter-Dominion in December. I think they're the two where barrier draws uh, might make it harder, but they can still win from. There are others that can win, but they'd need a good barrier draw or the conditions of the race to suit them uh, within. Um, a new horse that should be added to the mix now uh, is Catch a Wave. I know yeah. Andy Gath is really keen on running him. Uh, he's now won three Group 1s, including uh, Vic Bread, uh, and he was brilliant winning the Mercury 80 uh, heat on Friday night at Melton. He beat some pretty good horses, mm. including Hurricane Harley, a horse that 
lowered the colours lock of Lock and Varad a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think Catch a Wave should get in as a four-year-old. He needs to get in. He has to get in. It's a no-brainer this time. He was left out as a three-year-old of the Victoria Cup, which surprised me because he had that sex fact, sexy factor, you know, towards yep. that race. And I think he's got it now. And one thing you need in big races, I reckon, is last start winners. And you'll have one in Catch a Wave. Uh, and then copy that and maybe something coming from Sydney. Otherwise, there's not going to be too many last start winners in there. So does that mean Catch a Wave would meet Captain Ravishing at some point? or In the Chariots of Fire, yeah. um, there's the four-year-old Bonanza on in the same race which Captain Ravishing will mm-hmm. be running in, and there is a terrific bunch of four-year-olds about at the moment. Akuta, the New Zealander, Leap to Fame, the Queenslander. Um, it might be a harder race to win the four-year-old Bonanza, which leads into the Chariots mm-hmm. of Fire. Now, the winner of the four-year-old Bonanza automatically gets into the Chariots. Then there's a couple of races the week after in Sydney uh, for four-year-olds to, to get to in the lead-up to the Chariots. Uh, but I I reckon if you want to run a place in a hunter cup, you should oh, be getting into a chariots of fire. Would, yeah. And and catch a wave has won three group one races. So uh Andy thinks he's a genuine chance and he certainly should be in the in the hunter cup. I've got no doubt about that. And if he drew the front line, uh he'd be a horse that would be I'd say third favourite at eight or nine dollars because mm. he's such a brilliant beginner. He's very confident that the horse will stay. And I said to him, You've had a, a hunter cup winner before in about to rock. I said, I suspect that Catch a Wave is a bit better than About to Rock. And he said they're not in the same postcode. Really? So About to Rock won a Hunter Cup. Jeez, and Catch a Wave is trying to get into the Hunter Cup. And he said there's no comparison. Catch a Wave is just suburbs better. This is like when you say, could a three-year-old go into the Cox Plate? This sort of, it, it's, yeah, that sort of theory. Like a say you think going into the Cox Plate, yeah. isn't it? Well, say you think hadn't won a Group 1 race yeah. at that point. So they, they took a bit of a risk, but rightly so. When they show that sort of potential, mm. it adds spice to the race. Yeah. And I think in all these races, you need to have that spice in the race. He's a four-year-old now. Every chance you'll get in there. If to, uh, the, horse that read, uh, the horse that was emergency on Saturday night in the... Um, uh, a Ballarat Cup that didn't get a run, uh, interest-free, Free. ran third in a Geelong Cup as a three-year-old behind Mac Dan. Well, I don't think anyone would have a problem in suggesting that Catch a Wave is a high-rated horse, a much higher-rated horse than um, than interest-free. And even now, if you based it on, uh, say, ranking, say if it was uh, tennis, tennis to them, a perfect mm. example would be the Australian Open, right? Uh, the number one seed would actually be Catch a Wave, above mm. Captain Ravishing. Yet everyone would have Captain Ravishing as favourite and the most exciting horse in that. But Captain Ravishing's won one group one and Catch, catch a, wave a Wave three. three. So he'd be rightly the number one seed. But I think most people would expect Captain Ravishing could be the the, the, the next big, mm. big thing. Uh, so Catch a Wave should be in the Hunter Cup. He'll be third or fourth favourite if he draws the front line. And I think it's a no-brainer. But Andy's pretty exciting, uh, excited to push him that way. And on that Ballarat Cup the other night, apart from first and second... Mm. I couldn't really see anything coming out of that race that have to turn their form around incredibly so uh, to be a winning chance. In the Hunter Cup. Yeah. yeah. So there's a couple coming from Sydney. Expensive Ego, who got beaten yeah. the other night. Spirit of St. Louis, so typical of the McCarthys. They'll bring a couple down. You know what, their best, they're good enough, but they've had a couple of chances recently. Uh, and another thing too, the, the Hunter Cup and the uh, Inter-Dominion, they were, look, they were decent races, but they were pretty boring uh, mm. in the end. They were run... In, in ways that unfolded with very few moves in the race. The Inter-Dominion, a very quick last 1,200. The uh, Hunter Cup, very quick last 800 metres, but it was boring. The catch-a-wave put, is put into the race to make it not boring, I reckon. So he, he must go in. 
Do we still have a potential non-runner as favourite in the Hunter Cup? Uh, I haven't checked this morning. When the Hunter <laughs> Cup was run on Saturday night, Act Now, who was munching on grass as he had been for the last month, or last couple of weeks at least, uh, was still favoured for the Hunter Cup. But I found it quite funny that, considering he's in the paddock, he drifted from $4.60 to $5. <laughs> and uh, copy that's now the outright favourite, and rightly so. Maybe because you mentioned he's out in the paddock. That could have made him drift a little bit in the market. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. There's a few there. Like, even the three-year-olds, Akuta and Leap to Fame, they're yeah. about a... $12, $14 shot in the pre-post. Mm. And these are before the noms. I think the noms close for the mm. Hunter Cup Friday of this week. So there's another area. I think the noms mm. for the Hunter Cup should be closing a month ago. And therefore, you could have pre-post betting on the yep. horses that you know that are going there. There's too much ambiguity, too much guesswork involved. Um, naturally, come Friday, you'll know what's there. But there's no reason why this can't be done a month ago. Anything that's a late entrance fee can pay five grand or 10 grand to get in there. Mm. And that's fine. No different to some of the other bigger races around in the, in the thoroughbred world. And I, I would work on that because the Hunter Cup's a big race. The Great Southern Star for the Trotters, no market uh, has been out for that. And that's uh, Friday week. And these races, I think the noms need to close uh, at a time that we can get pre-post markets on, make them inciting. Because these are some of the reasons why a race like the Everest works so well. The yeah. market's out the day after the race has been run for the next year's yep. event. And I, and I think... No one has even heard of horses in a golden slipper. They're all first starters, and there's a market out for the golden yeah. slipper. So I can't see why we, we we can't push for that and and do it better in the harness world for two of the promoters of the two biggest races in Victoria, the Great Southern Star and the Hunter Cup. Let's get the markets out earlier. Let's get the nominations closed. Let's get much the momentum early. going. Yeah. Now, if I mention one minute fifty two point one, what springs to mind? Uh, a horse that won a Ballarat Cup uh, and a Vic Cup and a Hunter Cup and uh, Lock and Varan. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Uh, I knew you'd get it. <laughs> he, uh, of course, trialled at the Meadowlands uh, on on Saturday, obviously American yeah. time, and after injury had to go through a qualifying trial. And uh, I had some text exchanges with his owner, Kevin Gordon, and mm-hmm. he said he, he's going really well, but of course you want to see it play out. And they were absolutely thrilled with the way he's come back there. Tickled pink, and they'll be picking out a race for him shortly. They were delighted with his return, uh, 152-1. And they said he was uh, pretty much hard held. Yeah, he didn't look to be under any, any pressure at all. No. So hopefully we'll be able to get to see him race. Yep. A lot of the American races are televised over here now. So we will get uh, an opportunity, I hope anyway, to be able to see him race. He won right. by four lengths. Kevin said he was hard held. And uh, I haven't got a smiley face on it. Mm. But if I can read into the message, there's a big smile within that <laughs> message. Uh, talking with Dan Malecki on Harness Racing, we're talking about Lock and trialled on the weekend, uh, Saturday, American time, around 152.1. Dan, where to from here with him? Will they target big races? I mean, obviously they will in America, but I mean, what's on the horizon there? Uh, do they have the prize money like we have here in Australia? Are there as many big races or do you just have to really work or do you have to go to a circuit? Like will he stay, for example, at, uh, say, Yonkers or Maryland on the one track? Yeah, well, around the uh, uh, East Coast, uh, you've got the tracks in New Jersey and New York, Yonkers, Meadowlands, yep. uh, and the like. And there is a, a series that uh, his owner, Kevin Gordon, had suggested to me, uh, the Borgata series. He said it's a bit like the Inter Dominion. They mm-hmm. have six rounds of heats and a $700,000 final. So I'm presuming that's a US $700,000 mm-hmm. final. So it's a pretty lucrative Basically a million purse. dollars Australian, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So um, they're looking at having a start or two in February, and that, that series, that Bogata series is in March. So you'll have one lead-up run or maybe two before that series gets underway. So that's his, uh, that's his immediate target. 
And from memory, and I, I can be corrected on this straight away, they tend to go anti-clockwise all the time in America, or do they change direction? Uh, yeah, I think you're right, actually, don't they? I, I think it's usually always anti-clockwise, isn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to envisage some like of them we that do here. go uh, clockwise, and I they not immediately coming to mind. No, yeah. no having, having watched stacks of them. So we'll look forward to it, Lock and Barat. He'll be flying the flag for us. Yeah, he will be. Look, it's good to have him back. Good for us to look uh, forward to something. Uh, I know on Cracking the Codes this week, I suggested uh, last weekend <laughs> with Simone and Matt that we might do a, an Australiana theme for um, yeah. Australia Day uh, with the horses that, uh, or greyhounds that have flown the flag overseas. Mm. And Lock and Varart could become one of those. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but at least he's over there and he's got the flag. He's ready to wave it. He just has to stand <laughs> up. But we've had a lot of success overseas in the uh, thoroughbred and in the harness Scotch ranks. Scotch Notch? Yeah, Scotch Notch, definitely. And we Nature's Trip, just yeah. as recent as this year. But we had a bit of a feature on Cardigan Bay just mm. a few weeks ago. And he was the first uh, Australian horse of either code to win a million dollars. Just think about it. Wow. The first, and by a couple of decades, Jeez. before Kingston Town did, or about 12 years, um, he, he won a million dollars, went over to uh, America to do that. So, And we've had a lot of great horse sailors, guides, oh, yeah. a lot of fantastic horses, as well as the ones that have gone for those, you know, so mm. you think going overseas, take over Target, Miss Andretti, Black Caviar, exactly. Strawberry Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's plenty of them. Coming. So it's a good talking point, and I think if, if uh, the team, we might have at least a chat about that mm. and cracking the codes as well. So Lock on Varant will probably get a Guernsey, at least at this stage, because he's ready to go. Now, I know there was an event on Saturday you were absolutely pumped about. It was a Geelong. Yeah. The Dash Hound Race. Yeah. Okay. Tell it, us what happened. Well, the, the, there was the, the Dachshund, Dash Hound, or um, the, simply sausage a dog. sausage dog, <laughs> uh, a series of races. And um, I uh, remember having a chat with John Dunn, who was the CEO at the time, mm. uh, over a couple of red wines uh, about how I'd love to see a dog day afternoon at the races. Because what happens with dogs, particularly with dogs, uh, if a dog is invited to an event, whether it's even to the park or the mm. beach, the whole family go. Yeah. And I thought this is a great way to get people to come and enjoy and be proud of who they bring. And so create something for for uh, the, the dogs to go. And th- <laughs> there, there was a few races, but there was also a dress-up competition for the animals. Animals and you know, like a best dress comp, it all makes sense. I mean, we're going to watch animals, yep. So, why not have animals as part of the audience as well? It was so well done, there were so many people there, it was so refreshing to see a wonderful crowd in attendance. It worked, it was very positive. Uh, and I'm hoping this similar things can be done uh, at, at other venues because it's very popular and it's a great opportunity now for Harness Racing Victoria uh, to grasp it and try to do something with it to get the families to the track. When I was growing up, as you would have been, mm. there was one um, catch cry with Harness Racing, the family sport. It was yeah, always known yeah. as the family sport. Well, let's... Let's get that interest going again in the family sport. Not just as the family of participants mm. that are involved, but the families that can go there, have a good time, and every now and then bring their uh, love, their furry loved ones. Yep. And people go along and have a great time. Yep. And I've, years ago in Queensland, I've, there was some, a couple of race winnings around to raise money for charity, for uh, hospitals and so forth. And they put on everything under the sun, other events as well. You should have seen the crowd turn up. They had wheelbarrow races. Yeah. And a mate and I went in it, and... Uh, you had to run over 200 metres, but and sort of say so I'd push you, and at the 100 metre mark you'd swap around and take over. And I said to mate, he was a pro runner, he was pretty good. I could run a bit, and I said I reckon we can get the money, and this it's the changeover, and they bet on it. I couldn't believe it. we got 33 to one about ourselves, <laughs> and had a little try. And I said the key to it's the change. I said these other blokes will run into each other; they're all footballers, and we won. 
We won by about 20 yards, absolutely flogged them. It's the greatest fluke of all time. And the only way we got out was prize money, and we had to put it on the bar. Otherwise, we wouldn't have got out. We would have got built by the footballers. Yeah. They weren't happy to have two, two long-haired disc jockeys beat them. They weren't too keen on that at all. But <laughs> 33 to 1. 33 wow. to 1. They just thought, because yeah, they thought, oh, these blokes got no out there, two radio announcers. They didn't know. He made it. He'd been a pro runner. Yeah. So he had more toe than the other blokes put together. They were all muscle-bound. Uh, rugby league players, you know, no neck. Uh. <laughs> uh, all good fun. The other thing they had that day, they had uh, a gumboot throwing competition, for the, and the girls took into that. They had the uh, the wheat sheaf tossing competition. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah, to see how high you can right. go, because yeah. they used to do that. It was just like a real country atmosphere, huge crowd. Yeah, yeah. and look, it's a lot of fun. Just the change up. You want to yeah. get family out there. You want to get, so they can enjoy themselves. And once they're out there, give them an opportunity to be educated mm. to enjoy the harness racing as well, because I think there is a connection there, and it showed at Geelong yesterday. Um, and, uh, and look, someone once said to me, goes, you can't have animals at the racetrack. Unless, you know, oh, it's an S. You can't have animals. I said, what do you think the bloody horses are? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and the thing is, if you can restrain and look after a horse, I reckon you can restrain and look after a, a, a dog on the track. So have those days, Teddy Pear picnics, bring out the dogs. And uh, look, they've been successful elsewhere. And I just thought it was fantastic. Mm. So well done to, to the Ge- Geelong Club uh, f- uh, mm. following it through. And also, I tend to think that without question, they will be able to do it again. They got a terrific crowd there yesterday. Look fantastic. And also having it at a twilight time. We need more twilight Sunday times. Mm-hmm. And maybe, uh, you know, HRV have got to do it alone a little bit and dictate to Sky Channel this is a better time for us the running at night when the last event is at 11 o'clock and there's nobody watching, even the race caller. And to those who say you can't have animals at the racetrack, if they bound, banned them, half your mates wouldn't be allowed there. So, <laughs> 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 so no, rack the queue, these blokes can't turn up. Yeah, no, it's good fun, good change yeah. up. I was really pleased. It was quite a different weekend, good racing Friday night, uh, albeit it wasn't on Trot's Vision, which I think disappointed a lot of people. Uh, that there was no uh, full-on coverage Friday night. Mm. There was terrific coverage at Ballarat Saturday night, Group 1 night, and, and a quite a different day. So they, mm. they complemented each other, I think, the course of the weekend, and we've got our biggest night in a couple of weeks. My mate, to give you an idea how mad he was after we won the wheelbarrow derby, he said, why don't we get a barrow and put a mag wheel on it? <laughs> said, you are a total raving idiot. I realise that now. A turbo. Put a yeah, turbo yeah, on it. He said, no, we'll do that. So we'll paint little barrows on the side, like the, the Red Baron, when we have a win. I said, you are totally Oh, is that right? <laughs> you are totally off your head. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing your trophies. Yeah, that's exactly right. Great to catch up, Dan. Have you got a winner for us today or through the next week? Anything you spotted from Saturday night that perhaps you know, we could really hitch our wagon to? Look, I think that... Uh, actually, we had a good weekend over the course of the mm. weekend. It was one of those nights. But I think copy that is the one going forward yeah. uh, for the Hunter Cup. At least you can be confident to have some pre-post bets with him and or a Honolulu Bay. And uh, if I got the okay that uh, Catch a Wave is going to be in there, I'd suggest that he'd be worth having something on at the overs at the moment. Uh, he should be in there. If I was picking the field, it'd be a no-brainer. And I suspect he probably will be. So it's good when you know those horses are going there. And they're the ones that I consider winning chances for the, uh, the Hunter Cup. Um, but my mind mind is blank today, so uh, I right. turn off, the pilot light's on low, That's and I'll it. start cranking it up through the course of the week, and I'll see if I find a good thing for you towards the end of the week, Sean. I'm going to have a chat with a gentleman before one, uh, a man called Aaron Grinkhouse. I spoke to him a while ago. I reckon this is one of the best training efforts. For a bloke, he's got, I think, probably four or five greyhounds. He took four to Warrigal, probably about a month ago, three winners, and a second, they're all out of the one letter. And last week, he got a winner on Thursday. And three from the litter, all one again at Ballarat on Saturday. Wow. That's a good effort, isn't it? It's like a gold nugget, that. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't for just family. He's a guy. Yeah, he's just having a, a ton of fun with his dogs. Great effort. So I'll have a chat with him so before one o'clock. Two really good stories mm. about humans and dogs in the last there couple you go. of minutes. Yep. About Something animals. in that. Yeah, there is. About Terror. animals. Good on you, Dan. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Thanks, Sean Animal Cosgrove. <laughs> yes, from the Muppet.